We are the Hinton and District Chamber of Commerce, and you are listening to Chamber Chatter, a podcast that features local Hinton businesses and interviews that will inspire, educate, and connect you to the local community resources you need and want as an entrepreneur. My name is Jessica Zimmer. I am the Chamber President and Branch Manager at Hinton RBC, and I am joined with my colleague, Paul. And I'm Paul Lufson, a fellow board member, and I'm the store manager at the Friesen Brothers on the Hill. And today we are having an interview with Community Futures. We've got Nancy Robbins and Benita Smith here. Thank you guys so much for coming and being willing to be put on the spot and interviewed a little bit about your business and your roles. Um, I guess to start us off, I don't know if you guys want to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your role and what you do. Well, thanks to both of you for having us here. Uh, my name is Nancy Robbins. I'm the general manager of Community Futures West Shallowhead. I am the Jill of all trades at the organization. I oversee the organization, uh, work on the strategic plan of the board of directors. Uh, Community Futures is a federally funded organization, so we have a lot of commitments to the federal government as well as uh, we're owned by the municipalities that we serve, so we have commitments there as well. Hi, I'm Benita Smith. I am the business analyst with Community Futures West Yellowhead. And uh, my role is to support entrepreneurs, business startups, uh, current business owners, and uh, uh, current business owners and people who are looking to expand their business or uh, to get out of business. Mm -hmm. And my role is to support them in uh, making feasible plans to make that happen. Uh, We work we work with cash flow projections, business plans, looking at feasibility, um, profit margins, all of that kind of stuff with our clients. Wow. This is an amazing service to have and to be able to access. And I think a lot of business owners don't know about it. Uh, And I think even a lot of people that are right at that beginning point that going, okay, how do I make this happen? Is that something that you start with too? Is is just that like... Totally. Um, A lot of what Benita does is coaching with the clients directly. And to understand how uh, widespread our organization is, so we go from the BC border in Jasper National Park right down to the end of Jasper National Park, all the way to the Pamela River at Evansburg and up past the coal mine on the way to Grand Prairie for Grand Cash and the cooperatives. So we are very familiar about what the economic uh, impact is of our small businesses in our region and how important it is. Uh, but maybe Benita wants to talk a little bit about what it's like to coach someone through business. Plan. Sure. Um, making the first call uh, is, is where it's at. You give us a call at the office and, and you share your business plan, your business idea with, with me or, or any of our other coaches. And uh, we, we look through um, just some of the challenges that you, obstacles you might see, what the market opportunities are, any competition that's in the area, um, looking uh, at uh, tr- trends for that type of industry, what your profit margins should be, what your, um, your break-even points are, all of that. We work together with the client. Uh, many people who come um, have no understanding of even how to build a cash flow projection. So oftentimes we're starting at grassroots, um, just what their basic household income is and what they need to make, and we start from there. Uh, so it really depends. It, clients are variable. They're just just like uh, anybody else. We, we all have differences and different skills and different assets and different strengths and uh, different weaknesses. And so identifying those as part of my role and helping them to and empower them to um, find solutions to, to get those pieces uh, addressed in their business plan or educate themselves so that they can do that task. 
That's amazing. I, and I'm sorry, Paul, I feel like I'm the banker in me is like, I'm so glad that this exists. Um, <laughs> because so in the, in the decade that I've worked at World Bank, there's been so many business owners where they come in and, and so much of my role is like, okay, yeah, you know, at the time, maybe we were just opening up a bank account and mm -hmm. they had all these other questions and, and I don't think we were always equipped to answer them. Mm -hmm. um, so to know that there's something like this that exists to, to help with those business plans, mm -hmm. to help with those cash flow mm -hmm. projections. You guys do a fair amount of financing as well, right? We do do financing. Um, our primary lending role is to uh, ensure that those people who aren't bankable um, have an opportunity for financing so that uh, we take on a little bit more risk than a traditional bank would, a traditional lender would. Mm -hmm. um, but we do work uh, with the clients that have a bit more risk uh, associated with them to provide financing. Uh, there's a detailed loan application process that they must go through uh, to get to get the financing, but um, definitely that's an opportunity that we want to ensure is available for citizens in our area uh, who aren't bankable. Yeah. Uh, so the financing is, is something we do do. Amazing. Um, sorry, one, one more question, then I'll let you ask some questions, Paul. Um, Okay, so you, you talk a little bit about how you do provide some financing. Do you guys help with applying for grants and things like that as well? Is that part of the same package that you offer or is that something separate? Well, I think we do have a bit of a mandate to help nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And so we try to work with nonprofits, not so much to apply for that grant, but to understand that nonprofits need to operate in a business, like a business sense, and that they can't lose money. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable. So, I mean, we frequently get calls from nonprofits to say, uh, can you help me write a grant? And I always say, no, I won't help you write the grant, but I will help you work on your budget. Because I, it's doing a budget for an organization is not an easy skill. It took me a while to figure it out. And I mean, when you have a large budget that you have to deal with and understanding that your revenue and your expenses need to be equal uh, and not have a, either a leftover or a deficit at the end of it, so we, we work a lot in that context, and we do offer training throughout the year where we, we kind of talk about what are the key foundations to a nonprofit and, and have, of course, a lot of strategic planning tools. We work a lot with strategic plans. So we deal with the big picture with the nonprofits. Um, the little picture, we don't. So like applying for a grant, I would see that as an operational little thing. We'll help them get started, but we, no, don't write it for them. Yeah, well, that's good mm -hmm. to know. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. All right, Paul, I know you've been waiting for a question. Yeah, no, um, I just want to kind of explore. So, you know, for example, if I was to start a, a business and just a young entrepreneur, what's the process like? Um, you know, forgive me because I'm not too familiar, mm -hmm. but do you guys have your own office or do you, you know, go primarily by a phone and that because you guys service such a wide yeah. area, right? Yeah, so, we do. We do have staff in Jasper and in Edson and in Hinton. Our main office is in Hinton. Uh, we really try to meet the client where they're comfortable. So if that means we go to the, we travel in our region quite a bit. Uh, so we will go to the business if, if that's what they prefer. Sometimes people want to come with us because they want to get out of their business and they want some privacy to have a conversation. And if they're comfortable and virtual, we'll meet them virtually. We've learned in the pandemic to pivot just like our businesses did. So we're completely flexible on how we meet people. Mm -hmm. No, and, and that, that makes sense. And, um, you know, like I, like Jessica, it's a, it's a very cool service and a cool opportunity for new entrepreneurs and new businesses that mm -hmm. arise in the region. I guess my next question would be, what's... Um, 
would be the most challenge, you know, challenging thing that new businesses you, you know, deal with? You know, what, what would be the, you know, the biggest problem or hurdle you solve for, you know, newer businesses that they really need your guys' expertise and that's why Understanding they how money moves. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> cash flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understanding cash flow and uh, how to set yourself up for success so that you are making a revenue at the end of the year. Uh, and uh, due diligence and maintaining monthly um, and minimum monthly um, checks on, on your on your finances to make sure that what you've projected is actually happening. And if it's not, going back to the drawing board and saying, hey, I've got these additional expenses that I wasn't anticipating. Maybe I, I've got to plan for this in the future. So looking for not just short-term plans, but long-term and into the future. About how, like For example, if they wanted to make an investment two years down the road and they wanted to buy an asset, are they saving? Are they planning for that? Are they setting monies aside? And uh, those kinds of conversations uh, that we have, uh, we have with the client so that um, their long-term goals, their medium-term goals, and their short-term goals are addressed. Amazing. I, I got to say, hearing you talk about that just like put such a smile on my face. And it also made me think back to the last podcast we did which with Jessica Hershey from Altitude Accounting, who she spoke so highly of the work that you guys do. Um, and. So- yeah, she she loves partnering with you, but you kind of touched on some of the same things that she touched on of just wanting to empower people to to take control of their finances and, and make sure that these goals are being met uh, and, and really coming at it as like from an educator versus a, you know, just completing the service, just, you know, helping with financing and being like, bye, yeah. instead bringing this whole other piece to it of the advice and the recommendations and that, that financial literacy aspect. So mm-hmm. that's huge. One other thing I want to touch on too that also came to my mind when you mentioned about how you've really pivoted throughout the pandemic. Was there other challenges that came your way throughout COVID that, that you Jessica, really Jessica, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's a big one? What's a big one for you? Uh, well, you know, we were the uh, Community Futures is a national program. So it goes from coast to coast, north to south. And so when in the pandemic, um, of course, we went home like everybody else did. Um, and to be honest with you, I would just sat in my basement and talk to businesses on the phone all day long. There were a lot of tears. There was a lot of fear. And, and we went into that thinking, oh, it's going to be two or three weeks, just like everybody else did. Um, and so when we saw these government programs starting to come out, it was our job to make sure that everybody understood those government programs. So when the SEBA program came out, which you're familiar with at RBC, uh, a lot of people weren't qualifying for that program. So the government designed the Regional Relief Recovery Fund. That went through the Community Futures Program. So we uh, had 141 applications for funding. We funded 106 of them. We we did $3.5 million in relief funding in this region. And so now it's, um, of course, it's 2023, and that money is due back at the end of this, 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 this year. year. This, this you year. know this mm-hmm. from RBC, and it's really uh, working with businesses to understand that we never even met them. Yeah, we did everything 
virtually through DocuSign. Like we just literally were processing virtual application. You went through it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I, I was in commercial banking at that time, yeah. and it was. I mean, you felt like you were almost a broken record going from one client one to the to next. The other. And, yeah. and it, it was an overwhelming, chaotic time. But that, what a massive amount of funding you were able to bring to the region. I know, and we're a little tiny community futures office. We're only one of 27 in the province, like and small. Um, and so the capacity of what we did, so talk about pivoting, like I had to learn a lot as an individual. Like, so it, it was an amazing experience, but we've spent the last 18 months getting to know these people. Like we are now, we're visiting their businesses, we're going to their farms, we're going out into the county and we're learning what their businesses are all about. And then we're taking all those other services that we provide in Community Futures and we're just growing that with them. So we're seeing a big way that we can help those clients that we never would have seen before, that, that they should be proud of themselves. They got through a global pandemic mm-hmm. and now they are looking at paying back that 40000 to get the forgivable amount at the end of the year. And so we want them to know that we're still with them, we're still beside them, we will continue to be beside them after December 31st. We have all these services that we can provide to them. We can coach them. We can train them. We can mentor them. We can help. We can talk about, like, if their decision is to close their business, we can help them do that successfully. If they want to expand, we can help them do that successfully. So it, you talk about our pandemic experience. It was no different than the businesses. We woke up some days and went, well, I didn't see that coming. Okay, we're in lockdown again. All right, um, what do we do now? Yeah. Uh, you know, so we, we were the same. Like, uh, it often surprises people uh, when, they, when they say, oh, it must have been, you must have took a lot of time off work in the pandemic. And I go, what? Do you have any idea what our organization did? Oh, yeah. You I, know, like, I, we're so proud. We're very proud of it. Mm-hmm. We're very proud of it. But in hindsight, oh, wow. Yeah, I I mean, so first yeah. of all, just amazing. I love yeah. loved hearing all of that. And secondly, yeah. I, I have to just my biggest gripe when it was when we were deep in the weeds of the pandemic and I had so many friends being like, My God, what season of this are you on? I'm like, I'm not watching TV. Like I am drowning I in work. Like it was, yeah. it was it was it was it felt like you were either on one side of the spectrum or the other for, for what it was did, happening. Yeah. It? And then oh you must love working at home. I worked at home for two weeks during the first lockdown. That was it. Yeah. That was it. I don't even like the first year I don't even think I took a break. Like <laughs> we just it was like time to bake the donuts. Yeah. Okay. So can I have yeah. one other question that yeah. I got to add to this um, is I feel like that time in my life uh, was peak burnout for me. I, yes. it was exhausting and it, you couldn't get the same work-life balance that you used to get. Yes. And even just being able to go and hang out with anyone, have a barbecue with friends or whatever, go on a trip. You couldn't get that. Um, and as we've come out of the pandemic, I really noticed for myself a really great shift in work-life balance and, and, being very aware of what level of burnout I have had before yes. and actively working to never let myself get to that point again. I'm curious if, if you guys have also noticed some of those shifts that maybe your work habits changed after the pandemic. Oh, Jessica. Are you sure we only have so much time? <laughs> um, you know, I had a board member say to me one day, uh, probably around June 2021, 
okay? Mm -hmm. And he said to me, at, at this point I had taken maybe a week off, and he said to me, you know, I suffered from burnout, and you have all these symptoms. Yeah. And I went, oh no, not me, never. <laughs> I don't have that problem, I have great life balance. And then June 22, 22 came, and I went, oh my God, I am in serious trouble. Mm -hmm. And um, had to take a good chunk of time last summer to actually leave the region, leave home, go and walk about all over Alaska. Ooh. Because I could not get my work-life balance in check. I really suffered from burnout. And I, I'm glad you bring it up mm -hmm. because I don't think like people like us in this kind of work in, in like economic development and financing and lending and everything that we went through in the pandemic, like wage subsidy, understanding the wage subsidy oh, and oh my goodness. making sure people had CERB or SEBA or whatever acronym was that mm -hmm. week. Like yeah. I don't, I don't think, and I'm not dismissing the health side of it, but there was a health crisis, but there was also an economic crisis. Absolutely. And and there were times when I could not even deal with the COVID disease and the health crisis because I was so immersed in the economic crisis that that I mentally could not handle both. Mm -hmm. I could not I could not watch the news and find out what the number was that day. You're that not because you so know. deeply relate to that. Yeah, and so. Um, Yes, since I went walkabout all over Alaska, I, I am fully aware of the balance because I don't want that to happen again. And I, I see now in 2023 coming into this recession that we are in and coming to what I affectionately call doomsday 2023 on that deadline date is looming. We're down to 11 months now. I don't want to spend 2023 going back to those same habits. Yeah. And I've seen it. Um, I see it in business owners. Mm -hmm. I really do see it. And I have a lot of empathy for them because I understand the feeling. And I get a little emotional about it because the difference is if I'm an employee. And I got my paycheck no matter what. Um, a business owner didn't have the luxury to take that time to get better and now we're going into the recession and you know I I have to say that I look back at the beginning of the pandemic in March 2020 when, when I say I got all those tears it breaks my heart because I get I'm getting them again mm -hmm. and um, I I've probably twice this week I've had since Christmas had someone cry and it just it's really hard yeah. it's really hard because um Back in March 2020, I thought we would be better by now. I thought our community would be healthier, in, and I mean that more than physically. I thought we would be in a better spot, but I, it's in a way we're almost worse. Like, I really worry about our business community for this year. I'm, I'm nervous. And so, you know, if we can provide a little bit of comfort by coaching someone, and making sure that we know in our community when we're very aware of when we need to make referrals to people. We know our limitations. We're not social workers or mental health therapists. And so um, having those connections have become important to us in the pandemic. I'm getting a little emotional about it, but it's become important to us in the pandemic because I really think um, 
we've had to make those referrals at times, and so having those connections have been very important. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah. Well, thank you for being so <laughs> honest and vulnerable. Like, I, I, I really, so much of what you said spoke to me. Yeah. And I think you did a great way, too, of, of circling back to just the immense value and resources that mm-hmm. what you guys do, like, what you can provide to our community. And I feel that mm-hmm. fear as well. I'm reading my market updates every day and going, there's this tightness in my chest of, of knowing there is a, a big storm, it feels like, coming our yes, way. Yes, that is how um, it feels. Yeah. And in some ways, I, I, I kind of reflect and go, okay, we've, we're Albertans, we're resilient, we've been through this before, and we've made it through the pandemic and through this recession and that recession. But I also so... I feel this sense of I don't feel like we've had enough time to recover, we and haven't. I and I'm seeing the same. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a huge empathy side to my personality as well, which I'm sure you can relate to. Is not always fun when you're when you're dealing with people's finances because you want to be able to do so much more than what you can. Um, but it's I think when we remember back to to why we brought you in today, which was there is so much that you can do to help, you know, whether yeah. it's helping people understand their cash flow or putting them in the hands of, of experts that, you know, knowing their resources. And, mm-hmm. and those are things that we have to remember as we get ready for our, our next storm. But I, yeah. I know, I know Paul, we've got a few more questions okay. here. <laughs> I know. But That's it was okay. good. Yep. It was good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think what we might want to ask about just one of the other things too is, or I guess not ask, but mention mm-hmm. this whole yeah. podcast that we are doing was in, in part way funded by Community Futures. Um, uh, well, we were the administrators; it was the town's dollars. But we wrote we, we wrote was, grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. a grant money that helped buy this microphone and yeah. helped us get this software and help get stuff like this off the ground, which is you know it's it's intended to be something that helps our local business community helps them know what their resources are and, and understand mm-hmm. even that they're not alone in this in almost every episode that we've done so far i've heard these reoccurring themes that come up with business owners of these fears and these risks and understanding cash and, and how hard it really is at its core um Another thing, I so wanted to thank you for the grant, but I also just wanted to ask too, something that's come up in the, our previous episodes is, is mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear a little bit from you guys about the mentorship opportunities that, that Community Futures offers. Well, you know, the biggest opportunity that we offer through is through our Smart Start program, which kicked off last night. Oh, um, yes. So what that program is, is our uh, business training eight-month entrepreneurship program where uh, people that are either in the first three years of business or in the um, startup stage have an opportunity to do uh, come together as a group. They get to do uh, workshops. They get to do online training through Go Forth Institute, and we match them with a mentor uh, in the business community. Now, it may not necessarily be a mentor that is in the same industry as them, but because understanding the basics of a business are really, it's cross-industry, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we try to find someone that really will suit the personality and work with the, the individual, the participant, and, and we've had great success with that. And um, I really believe in mentorship. Like, it has helped me in my time. It, I'm sure Benita can speak highly of mentorship as well. Like, it's something that I really believe in is having a mentor. And if you're going into business, um, it's cutthroat. 
you can't assume that the business next door to you is going to be your ally. Mm -hmm. um, and so you need to have that um, person that's not your family, that hasn't invested in your business, that's not your neighbor, that may be in some way competing with you. You need to have that person that you can go to um, that you just need to, maybe you need to vent, or maybe you have a staffing issue, or maybe you don't understand revenue over expenses, or maybe you don't understand why the CRA keeps calling you. <laughs> you know, it could be anything, but you have that person to go to. And I can honestly say, if I could give anyone advice about mentorship, people are so happy to be mentors. No one is going to say no to you, ever. Because they are so flattered that you think of them that way, that they will be like, yes, of course I'll be your mentor. They're not going to say, who says no? It's like saying no to Santa Claus. Like, <laughs> like it's such a compliment to be asked to be someone's mentor that people are not going to say no to you. So even last night in Smart Start, when I was talking about mentorship, I said, you know what? If you want King Charles to be your mentor, you got to ask. Like, put yourself out there, and if you're nervous about asking someone about mentorship, then we'll do it for you. Mm -hmm. I have someone that wants a mentor, and this is what they want. I've done that for clients before, too. Like, just get yourself a mentor. I can't say that enough. Yeah. And mm -hmm. someone that's not your uh, father's brother's monk uncle <laughs> um, or invested in your business, just some rando. So, yeah, do it. I agree. Immense value from that. Yeah. Uh, I know we got to wrap up here. We're near. I know we're nearing the end of our time. <laughs> I think um, we did have another question we wanted to ask about. I know. Sorry, Paul. I got it here. Um, yeah, I can't remember now. It's. Um, I wanted to just wrap us up by just asking a little bit about your work with the chamber oh um, and how, how we work together. So I have to say, from an organizational point of view, and still in my position, I think Natalie and I have been together for both our careers and our jobs, and um, she's probably the best partner. The Hinton Chamber is probably one of the best partners we have in the region. And I say that because the answer is never no. The answer is like, okay, let's chat about that. you got to convince me, but... You know, let's chat. And um, so it's, and I, I've seen it in the pandemic. There were times when I put my head up, I saw the Hinton Chamber kind of across the, the green square and kind of went, oh yeah, there's Natalie. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I knew how hard that you guys worked here yeah. and saw it in the community. And, um, and it was appreciated because there were some days where it was just nice to know someone was in the battlefield with you. Mm -hmm. um, and so we've had a lot of really great, over the 11 years I've been in this job, a lot of great energy together. And Hinton's a great business community. People are so kind to each other and so positive. And, you know, people talk about how, you know, the hill gets us and you love the valley and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, that that is... That's just window dressing. People support each other so much here. And I think it's because you have organizations like the Chamber of Community Futures that, that get along together so well. So like we're kind of like parallel organizations. Sometimes we cross over and sometimes we work together, but mostly like I support what the Chamber does. The Chamber supports what we do. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's a great relationship and, and I, I can't say enough about the work. I've seen the work that has been done here. Like, there's been 
the pine beetle, uh, you know, motions passing on the floor at the national and, and provincial and, and the accomplishments that have come out of this organization in the last 10 years. And it's, it's really an achievement to be proud of. And, and Natalie deserves I was, her leadership. Is, yes. I was just going to say shout out yeah, to Natalie. Yeah, like her <laughs> leadership and her, her ability to say, okay, this is where I need to go right now. And to lead the organization has been really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds like the perfect way to, to wrap this up. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. What a joy. You made it easy. What a pleasure. Um, I'll maybe Paul will let you wrap us up. If yeah, you sure. So it. thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us on Chamber Chatter. It was great to get to know a bit about you and your business. Thanks for joining us today. And until next time, this is your host at the Impton Chamber signing off.